American Road Trip Talk begins after this message. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. Go to alertdrops.com. Very important. Go to alertdrops.com and stay safe. The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Glad to have you along for the ride. Glad to be working alongside Nathan Miller, our producer. This is American Road Trip Talk. We'll be back with the interview right after this. There's room to roam around the scenic byways in Southeast Idaho's high country. And it's a great time to get away and decompress. Did you know Southeast Idaho is hot springs country? Come and relax in natural mineral water hot pools. Then visit one of their quirky museums like the Idaho Potato Museum, the Museum of Clean, or the Butch Cassidy Museum. Go to IdahoHighCountry.org to plan your trip. You're sure to find your favorite way to disconnect when you visit Idaho. Adventure, history, and beauty all await you on the Natchez Parkway, a national scenic byway and national park. This 444-mile drive takes you through some of the country's most stunning landscapes while also allowing you access to exciting communities along the way. From Natchez, Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee, we invite you to explore the trace and discover America. Plan your trip at ScenicTrace.com. That's ScenicTrace.com. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash 1150KKNW. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. Today we travel to Flagstaff, Arizona, known spectacularly so and with a special designation as the International Dark Sky City. First ever. Wow, that's a lot of story to pack into a short time, but we'll do our best. Let's say hello to Lori Pappas. Lori has worked in a wide variety of professional capacities in both private and public sectors and is a graduate of Northern Arizona University. She has managed and executed award-winning strategic programs with companies including Suddenlink, Westcore, and Flagstaff Mall and The Point Resorts. And now she is synonymous with astro-tourism, with Flagstaff being destination number one for all of that. Incredible. And to think I was in Flagstaff, and I don't remember any of that, but it was long from being developed yet. Lori Pappas, welcome to the show. We just love for the opportunity to talk to you. Hey, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Flagstaff has such a great story to tell. And and I know you've shared one of your stories with me. And, and there's just there's so much within this destination. And it's, you know, it's a small town, but man, there are some really big, interesting, quirky things happening here. Absolutely. And I should mention that we are graced not only by our buddy, Nathan Miller, he is our producer. He's at the board. And Suzanne Mitchell joins us today. Suzanne, who has a family connection to Flagstaff. Welcome, Suzanne. 
Thank you. Gary and I were very excited to see you on television, Lori. We made special note of it when you were talking about astrotourism, something I had never heard of. And my cousin lives in Flagstaff. And so Gary and I were just enthralled with the interview that you did. And we both agreed that he had to get you on Trip Talk as soon as possible to talk about that. It's it. I have never heard of astrotourism before, but tell us what it is. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so astrotourism is is definitely a word and it's definitely a topic or a travel silo that inspires visitation. So we know um, that there is an audience out there, as you do, um, that the dark skies are intriguing. And I got to tell you, um, I, I'm not nerdy. I'm not I'm not, you know, deep in the to the core in science. Um, but I'll tell you what, those dark skies, they have so much appeal, so much draw, uh, you know, from just the basics looking up and seeing, you know, both dippers. I think everybody knows those. And as we're bringing up young ones in our families and so forth, you know, that might be one of the first uh, constellations that that we point out. But I will tell you, living in this dark sky city really kind of pulls out a little bit of nerdiness in everybody. And um, it's it's definitely a sight to behold. Um, as far as astrotourism, uh, Discover Flagstaff, working with our partners and so forth, we actually have claimed that Flagstaff is the world's best destination for astrotourism, and there are a lot of reasons why. And I'm I'm sure we'll get um, we'll get through some of those points um, in this podcast. But um, like I said, it's quirky, it's fun, it's a college town. Uh, we're so convenient. We're only 120 miles south of Phoenix. We have an airport right here in Flagstaff that you can connect through from DFW as well as Phoenix. Um, or um, visitors also can take an easy two-hour drive from Phoenix and enjoy the climate change. Because boy, you make a you make a quite. It's not you that you make, but you see quite a difference in in landscape. So you're coming from Phoenix. And then you drive a road, um, I-17, that takes you through some amazing landscape and vegetation changes. And then you reach a a Flagstaff at the destination of 7,000 feet. 7,000 feet far from the Valley of the Sun. Well, that explains the dark sky city is that you are actually much higher than Denver. Well, let let me get this in. In the early days of 1986, in the overnight hours, I was driving through Flagstaff and then beyond, headed west, and lo and behold, and I was stunned by the experience. I absolutely did not expect it. I saw Halley's Comet. I watched it streak across the sky through my windshield, and I thought, wow, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Now, the thing about that is, yes, it was gorgeous. It was amazing. And I wouldn't have seen it if I was driving through places with all of those city lights. But in that spot, I could see it just perfectly. Why would that be the case, Lori, that someone driving out of Flagstaff overnight would see Halley's Comet? 
Um, boy, what an experience. Um, I certainly haven't seen it. And I think, um, check me here, but Hallie's Comet, maybe it's due back in 30 years-ish? Uh, it is, yes. It, so I'm yeah. glad I saw it when I could. Yeah, phenomenal. Well, you know, um, and your experience is actually um, part of the reason why uh, Flagstaff was was named the world's first international dark sky city. And um, I there, there are there are a handful of reasons, and and I'll go through that. Um, first, I want to start with um, the Dark Skies Coalition. So we have residents in Flagstaff that are night sky aficionados and have been um, for quite some time, and I'm sure that's a testament to your experience. So um, over time, um, they have worked this coalition and residents have have worked with the the city founding fathers um the fine folks that steer the city in establishing uh light pollution guards if you will um so you'll notice even today or or through today um our our baseball fields or our football stadiums um, their lights all shine down as a, as as opposed to shining out and up. Um, and there there are a multitude of different ordinances and measurements that they have in place, which include um, light um, illuminations um, coming out of retail storefronts and so forth. Um, so it's just been a passion of the town again before it was even hip and cool. So um, I used the word quirky a little bit earlier and. Uh, perhaps it falls in in that quirky, um, but now it's a thing. So a little bit ahead of the game. And then um, do you want me to go into some of the attractions? Well, um, let yeah, me jump, I'll suggest one. Lowell Observatory. I was going to suggest that. Magnificent <laughs> telescope. I think it's about 125 years old or so. Did they ever catch a glimpse of anything interesting there? Well, you may or may not know, or maybe may or may not even heard of this uh, little dwarf planet, right? Once called, or is called Pluto? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So um, Pluto was discovered at the Lowell Observatory, um, and they are perched in an operating research observatory currently, and they're perched on Mars Hill, uh, which is right in Flagstaff city limits. Actually, I can see the observatory not only from my home, but also my office. And um, for those who are aspiring to get over to Lowell Observatory or or perhaps from this podcast, uh, may put it on their bucket list. Uh, I got to tell you that that observatory is nothing less than remarkable. Um, I think you were talking about the Clark Telescope. And that's yes. more than 125 years old. Um, at this observatory, uh, their guests can actually walk in the footsteps of past astronomers as well as current astronomers. And I think um, just a, a real life anecdote from me, um, when I go to visit the observatory, you never know who you're going to be standing next to or how pleasantly surprised you'll be when an astronomer actually pauses from their walk between telescopes, uh, maybe between uh, discussions that are happening at their visitor center to actually spend some time with you as, as an observer and point out um, things in the galaxy that you may 
that you may be seeing or help you refocus to see something else in the galaxy. It's um, it's pretty darn incredible. And um, the other cool thing about there, there are several. Um, one of the many cool things um, at Lowell Observatory, in addition to what I just mentioned, is that they were also instrumental for uh, putting the first people on the moon. So with the Apollo missions, um, it was the the campus and the good folks at Lowell Observatory. And I got to tell you, there were a lot of women involved on getting um, that first person on the moon um, and also some training grounds in and around Flagstaff, such as Meteor Crater, the Grand Canyon, uh, Sunset um, Volcano National Monument. Um, it's just fascinating. As a as an English major, I took well, a, a science course because I had to as a prerequisite in college. So I took astronomy for non-science majors, which was a huge lecture hall of several hundred people. And our instructor was J. Allen Hynek, also a famous uh, astronomer. And it, you know, it was nice to be able to be involved with the stars and learning that at such an early age. And that's why it has stuck with me all these years. So the observatory is definitely one place that I would like to see. The other place, which Gary was telling me about, is that you have a, a crater there? Um, boy, uh, we have we have quite the crater here. Um, Meteor Crater is in um, or near Winslow, Arizona. It's about a 40-minute drive from Flagstaff. And this crater is 50,000 years old. And the crater, when it hit Earth, um, the meteorite itself was 150 feet across and weighed several thousand tons. And today, when when you see um, the world's best preserved crater site, meteor crater site, it actually, um, to, to help me understand size and depth, um, you can actually see, um, imagine in your mind, uh, 20 football fields. So 20 football fields can fit at the bottom of this crater. It's, wow. it is magnificent. And um, Meteor Crater, you definitely want to carve out, no pun intended there, <laughs> you definitely want to carve out uh, maybe three or four hours, maybe even a little bit more uh, to spend at, at um, this attraction because uh, they have um, indoor viewing. Um, there's also accessibility for, for people who need that help. So we have um, or they have an elevator there. Um, there's an outdoor observation deck as well. They have self-guided as well as guided tours around the rim. There's a 4D theater. Um, they have um, a museum there, uh, Discover Center and Space Museum. Um, the Behringer Museum is also there. Uh, you can actually touch um, some uh, meteors and some remnants that they have. Um, it's just, it's it's fascinating. And then you also got to think, I'm going to bring back um, the Apollo astronauts. Uh, they also train there. As a matter of fact, just a, a fun, quirky fact. And um, listeners, please, please fact check me here. Um, I believe it was Alan Shepard. It may have been Buzz. 
Aldrin that was there training and they were actually wearing their suits, um, their astronaut suits. And one of them brushed up against a rock of some sort. So I will, um, yeah, a rock of some sort. And the suit had a little tear as a result. Mm. So um, NASA had to go back to the drawing boards and uh, re-engineer their suits. I would say that's a little bit important because I know this for a fact. There are no seamstresses on the surface of the moon. I'm I'm thinking you're pretty right there. But you know what is on the moon? What would that be? You're going you're supposed to say, Lori, what, Lori, please tell us what that was. I will tell you, um, we all um, had an astronomer in Flagstaff by the name of June, uh, Gene Shoemaker. And he hit some of his remains are the um, only human remains actually um, on the moon. Oh, really? Why yeah. would that be? Uh, just because of his contributions um, to astronomy and the NASA program. What an honor. And so they took his ashes up there? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. I love that. Yeah. And then his wife, um, Carolyn Shoemaker, um, was also very instrumental with the Apollo missions. And, you know, earlier um, I had mentioned that women in Flagstaff had um, some multiple contributions um, to getting that first person on the moon. And um, Carolyn went on um, to discover many more um, galaxy features um, while Jean had had passed. And um, Carolyn has also recently passed. Um, so a big loss for our community, um, but we certainly celebrate the duo. You know, Lori, I love how the natural features, unique as they are, that would be enough. If that's all you had, big crater in the backyard, everybody, that might be enough. But there is a marriage of museum culture with the natural attractions themselves. This is going to draw a lot of people who, whether or not they're stargazers, whether or not they're deeply into the space program and the study of it, they have an opportunity there like nowhere else. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, part of um, part of this lunar legacy astrotourism culture that that we celebrate here and embrace here every day, um, because astronauts continue to train here in Flagstaff. Um, we also have the astrogeology, the United States Astrogeology Center here, and it is a lot of Northern Arizona's geology. Um, that continues to provide training grounds for even aspiring astronauts. So uh, we have Artemis astronauts um, that continue to visit Flagstaff now um, as they train for the next mission. Well, I'm hooked. I mean, I, I definitely would like to see all the things that you talked about today. When When I have thoroughly gone through the astrology and the crater and Lowell Observatory. What else is there for Discover Flagstaff that you want to share with the listeners? Well, um, so Flagstaff is definitely a uniquely Arizona destination. And what I mean by that, similarly to what we talked about earlier, not only are we at 7,000 feet, but we're also located in the world's largest Ponderosa pine forest. And I think 
generally people kind of think of Arizona as an arid desert, dry, perhaps dirt or sand. And we're, we're definitely on the contrary to that. So where I'm going with this is that we have four seasons. So really, uh, for your listeners, Flagstaff is a great destination to visit year round. Um, we have a beautiful fall. Um, we have the world or not the world. Sorry about that. We have the state's tallest mountain. So you can imagine, um, you know, as, as crawling up the mountain, climbing up the mountain, you're now at the better part of 13,000 feet. Um, the colors of the aspens of the oaks um, is absolutely breathtaking. Um, there's exhilarating zip line underneath this um, ponderosa pine canopy um, for all levels. Um, there's also some, some youth oriented, um, youth scaled zip lining that can be enjoyed. Uh, and then, boy, I sure would be remiss. Um, I've got to mention that I like to define it as a one coffee drive heading up to the Grand Canyon National Park. So you got to get that in if you're coming to Flagstaff. And then, um, Suzanne, earlier, I think it was you, maybe Gary, that mentioned culture. Um, boy, we neighbor uh, the country's largest Native American reservation. So um, great experiences to be had with the Navajo and Hopi indigenous populations. We have a world-class museum of Northern Arizona. Um, but again, you got to, you got to carve out three or four hours uh, and enjoy that. We've got downhill skiing. And uh, do I dare mention 266 days of sunshine? Sounds good to me. Absolutely. I wanted to, uh, ask you too, Lori. Now, I'm asking this out of curiosity because I found him to be an admirable gentleman. Does some of the photography of Barry Goldwater exist in these museums? Because that guy knew how to take a photo. Boy, you know what? He sure did. And you you've you were the first one to pose that question. And I don't know if I have that answer for you. Okay. Well, we can always mention it on another occasion. That's fine. Yeah, you know, I'm going to have to chase that, though. Thank you. I, I would be surprised because uh, I would think just your first and perhaps only stop ought to be, if you don't mind my mentioning it, that the Museum of Northern Arizona, you know, Barry Goldwater was just so enthusiastic about the northern part of Arizona. He said it's my favorite part of the state. So I figure there might be some photographic legacy there. I'm sure that there is. I just can't steer you in the right direction, but I, I would venture to say that there's there's some meat on the bone there for sure. And uh, while we still have time here too, it's only because so many of our listeners and the readers of American Road Magazine love Route 66, which is no stranger to Flagstaff. No, no stranger to Flagstaff. Um, we've got approximately 14 miles of original Route 66. Um, we have the Museum Club, which um, is a historic um, roadhouse. You got to get there. Um, it's It, too, is pretty fabulous. And, uh, boy, you walk in those doors and you can just... Um, hear or wish you know what the walls would would say um it it does de definitely takes you back we'll say that um also we've got some great accommodations uh 
on Route 66, many of which have undergone a renovation. So they're freshened up and they're just ready for visitors. Um, and then don't forget, in 2026 is the centennial of Route 66. So the city of Flagstaff, as well as uh, as well as some surrounding cities, uh, we're getting ready for that centennial. So we're we're expecting um, a lot of people to enjoy the route and uh, celebrate that centennial. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Another reason uh, to get to Flagstaff. And I have to share real quick, because I'm, I'm thinking that we're, we might be wrapping up, is that um, please visit the Lowell Observatory website. Um, they host an annual um, Pluto Festival, and that's usually around mid-February. So another another opportunity, great, great reason to visit as well. And then um, in the fall, I mentioned great place for fall colors, but we also have a festival of, of science. And that too um, will have a lot of programming supporting Lowell Observatory and astrotourism. Flagstaff nicknamed the home of Pluto and where Pluto gets its mail. So you're definitely going to want to go for astrotourism. What a destination. One last opportunity to mention a master website for those who are specifically interested in the astrotourism. Where would they go, Lori? Um, please visit discoverflagstaff.com. Beautiful. Lori, I can't thank you enough. This has been extraordinary. We could have done an hour easily, but there's no substitute for getting out to Flagstaff and experiencing it, especially at night. Those skies are fantastic. Thank you, Lori. And sometime, I hope Suzanne and I will get out there. We'd love to shake your hand. Uh, Suzanne and Gary, thanks for having us. Um, please let me know if you get any feedback from your listeners. And uh, I've got some homework to do around uh, Barry Goldwater. Very good. All right. We'll be in touch. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into American Road Trip Talk. Along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine, we remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure.